Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,283 with a release date of Friday, July 30th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Concern over satellite broadband interference. NASA creates a super antenna. And meet this year's Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,283 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Our top story this week looks at signal interference. No one wants it, of course, especially communication systems with thousands of satellites in the sky. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, picks up the story from here. Ofcom, the UK's communications regulator, has plans to mandate low-Earth orbit satellite broadband systems, such as OneWeb and SpaceX's Starlink, to engage in frequency coordination in order to avoid blocking one another's signals. Ofcom has said it will amend the company's satellite licenses to ensure such coordination happens. They are particularly concerned about interference posing an obstacle when the market opens to additional satellite network companies. The regulator said satellites in non-geostationary orbits have a greater risk of interference with their uplink and downlink transmissions because as they move across the sky, competing satellites can end up in the same antenna direction at the same time, compromising communication with user terminals on Earth. The website, arstechnica.com, revealed this development, noting that Ofcom has issued a more detailed report outlining its concerns. Ofcom identified such constellations as SpaceX, already in beta service, and the proposed Kuiper constellation from Amazon. Ofcom's report also identifies OneWeb, owned by Barty Global and the UK government, which is in its initial phase. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Shopping for ham radio equipment and other electronics in Switzerland just got a little more complicated. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us why. Companies in countries outside the European Union are no longer being permitted to import electronics to customers in Switzerland unless those companies have a business affiliation within Switzerland, according to a posting on the website of the USKA, Switzerland's National Amateur Radio Society. A translation of the USKA posting says that the use of a Swiss-based intermediary for companies in those nations became mandatory as of mid-July. Although Switzerland is not part of the European Union, a trade agreement exists between the EU and the Swiss government. The USKA's head of political lobbying, Willy Wollenweider, HB9AMC, wrote on the website that the organisation considers this action of strategic importance to radio amateurs. Willie noted that the USKA hopes to petition the government during its consultation period on behalf of Swiss radio amateurs. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. If you've ever dreamed of the perfect antenna, well, it doesn't yet exist. But scientists at NASA have developed one they believe is robust enough for one of Jupiter's moons. Here's Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB, with the details. Think of it as a kind of super antenna. The unprecedented design from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory is an all-metal structure created to withstand the intensely radioactive environment of Europa, one of Jupiter's moons. 
Its designer, Nasser Shahat, a senior antenna engineer at NASA, created it even before an actual robotic lander for Europa becomes a reality. He said it was important to be ready for effective communications from such a harsh, watery, radioactive environment as Europa. Writing on the IEEE Spectrum website, Nasser said the antenna is able to transmit at a high data rate, is lightweight enough to not impede takeoff and landing, can communicate with Earth from 550 million miles away, and is resistant to the intense ionizing radiation of Jupiter. He said a critical point was the antenna's construction of circularly polarized union cells that are entirely aluminum. They are capable of transmitting and receiving on X-band frequencies. 7.145 to 7.19 gigahertz for the uplink and 8.4 to 8.45 gigahertz for the downlink. Nasser wrote, quote, Although it was designed for Europa, it is a revolutionary enough design that we're already successfully implementing it in future missions for other destinations in the solar system. End quote. He said that, meanwhile, the lab might make use of this design in 2026 on a joint JPL-European Space Agency mission to bring rocks back from Mars. Nasser wrote that when a Europa lander mission becomes a reality, the antenna will further prove its real worth. Quote, Without a working antenna, the lander will never be able to tell us whether we could have living neighbors on Europa. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. In an emotional ceremony, the International Amateur Radio Union recognized one of its leaders recently, but the award, delayed by pandemic restrictions, was delivered posthumously. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, gives us the details. Not quite two years after the IARU conferred the Michael J. Owen VK3KI Memorial Award to Reynaldo Leandro YV5AM, the honour was finally presented honouring his long service to the international organisation. The ceremony, postponed because of the COVID-19 pandemic, was bittersweet. However, the relatives were on hand to receive the honour on behalf of the former IARU Region 2 President, who became a silent key on May 23rd of this year at the age of 79. Reynaldo, who was also an avid DXer and de-expeditioner, died knowing he had been chosen to receive the honour. In an emotional ceremony recently in Miami, Florida, it was presented to his niece, daughter and sister by Ramon Santoyo, XE1KK, the current president of IARU Region 2. The award was created in 2012 and bears the name of VK3KI in recognition of his years of service and his giving spirit to amateur radio. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. It's tea time. Here's a special event you might enjoy that's steeped in some interesting and fun history. Jim Dameron, N8TMW, explains. If chasing special event stations is your cup of tea, you might want to check out what's going to be brewing between August 1st through August 8th. Hams around the country will be calling QRZ on all bands using all modes to celebrate the world's largest teapot. You heard that right. The celebrated teapot stands 14 feet high and 14 feet in diameter in northern West Virginia, near the border with Ohio. And the special event coincides with the annual Teapot Festival in Chester, West Virginia on August 7th. The local club organizing the event, the Hancock Auxiliary Communications Team, will be using the call sign W8T and will be operating from the site of the teapot itself. 
There will also be a bonus station, WV8HAT. This is the fifth year for the special event, but according to one of the organizers, Justin Shaw, W8LPN, this is the first year there will be 10 stations activating using W number T call signs from all call areas around the country. Contact with all 10 gets chasers a clean sweep, known as a full cup. Hams contacting all stations plus the bonus station are eligible for a full pot. Information about certificates is available on the QRZ page for W8T. Even if T isn't your bag, you may find the history of this beloved symbol compelling. Its humble origins date to the years before World War II when it began life as a wooden barrel used in a root beer advertising campaign. A handle and spout were later added, and reborn as a teapot, it enjoyed subsequent roles as a concession stand, a souvenir shop, and a pottery and gift shop. After it was refurbished, it was rededicated in 1990 as a beloved symbol of local identity. It has since inspired the annual festival in August, where proud residents can share that their cups runneth over. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Dameron, NATMW. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K5DUR repeater in Dallas, Texas, Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. In the U.S., the state of Missouri is turning 200 years old, and hams there have a capital idea for celebrating. It involves, of course, the state's earliest capital. Randy Sly, W4XJ, brings us up to date. While Missouri has always been called the show-me state, from August 7th through the 14th, it will become the hear-me state. In celebration of the state's bicentennial, special event station K0B will be on the air, sponsored by the St. Charles Missouri Amateur Radio Club. Event organizer Jim Briggs, KK0GT, told Amateur Radio Newsline that in addition to operating from various members' homes, K0B will have a station located at the SCARC Hamfest in O'Fallon, Missouri on August 8th. On August 10th, they will be on the air at the site of the first Capitol building in Missouri, located in the St. Charles Historic District on the west bank of the Mississippi River. This is the first time an amateur radio station has operated at this site. The building served as the state capital from 1821 to 1826. K0B will be active on single sideband, CW and FT8, on 80 through 6 meters, as well as 2-meter FM simplex. A special paper QSL and a downloadable PDF certificate will be available. Watch the SCARC Facebook page for an operating schedule and more information. Also be on the lookout the rest of this year for more special event stations as Missouri celebrates 200 years. For Amateur Radio Newsline, this is Randy Sly, W4XJ. Members of the Bellbrook Amateur Radio Club in Ohio are mourning the loss of an amateur who was remembered as not just a friend, but an educator and mentor. Fred Stone, W8LLY, became a silent key on July 26th. He'd been ill with pancreatic cancer. Fred was well known as an active participant in public service activities, including Aries, and he had been a district emergency coordinator for District 3 for many years. Many hams recalled him in comments on the club's Facebook page, crediting Fred for providing the gateway to amateur radio for them. 
In the world of DX, JA1 Tokyo is on the air, marking the Olympic and Paralympic Games that opened on July 23rd in Tokyo. Each band has been assigned its own operator. The station will remain active until the 5th of September. There are also 10 mobile stations with the call sign 8J Olympic at each regional headquarters of the Japan Amateur Radio League, and 8NOLP will be on the air as well at a higher output. No QSL cards are required. EQSLs are being accepted. For QSL certificate and awards information, follow the link in the printed script of this newscast at arnewsline.org. R3RRC-0 will be operating from Ferragelm Island, the southernmost island in Russia, between July 31st and August 4th. Maxim, RU5D, Gennady, R3BY, and Vitaly, R0MR, will be using R3RRC-0 as well as their personal call signs, RU5D-0, R3BY-0, and R0MR-P, respectively. Be listening on 40 to 10 meters, where they'll be using CW, SSB, FT8, and FT4. Herald, DF2WO, will be in Kigali, Rwanda, using the call sign 9X2AW between September 13th and 28th. He'll be using CW, SSB, RTTY, and FT8 on 20, 17, 15, and 10 meters. QSL direct to his home call sign. Bo, OZ1DJJ will be on Tasalak Island using the call sign OX3LX between July 28th and August 13th. He'll be found mainly on 6 meters and 4 meters, but will also be on some of the HF bands. Send QSLs to OZ0J. An amateur radio news line is proud to announce the winner of the 2021 Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Hem of the Year. Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, chairman of the award program, is here with the story. Wow. Thank you. That's pretty cool. That, the reaction from Faith Hannah Lee, KD3Z, upon learning she had been chosen as Newsline's Young Ham of the Year. Faith Hannah is 16 and the daughter of James, WX4TV, and Michelle, N8ZQZ, Lee, of Palm Coast, Florida. Faith Hannah says her parents were a big influence in her entry into the world of amateur radio, starting in December 2014 at the age of 10. So I started studying for my technician license along with my brother and we both went in and got it and two weeks later I had earned my general and then two months later I earned my extra so that allowed me to really get into the stuff that I liked which was working HF. Only 18 months after being licensed Faith Hannah was invited to the 2016 Dave Coulter Memorial Youth DX Adventure operating PJ6 from the Dutch island of Saba. And that's when I realized especially that DXing is amazing because I absolutely loved those huge pileups and getting to talk to all those different people because I'm not entirely sure why but I love being at the the calling end of a big pileup and just running that as fast as I can which is probably why I enjoy contesting. Among her PJ6 achievements was a satellite contact that broke the SO50 distance world record. In August 2018, Faith Hannah took part in the Youngsters on the Air program in Johannesburg, South Africa for a week-long stay that featured kit building and antenna building, satellite operations, and a high-altitude balloon launch. But But on the way to South Africa, Faith Hannah and her father had a 22-hour layover in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. While on the ground in that Middle Eastern country, she visited and operated A62A 
N-A-60-Y-O-Z, activated by the Emirates Amateur Radio Society. In December 2018, Faith Hanna, her father, and her younger sister, Hope, N-D-2-L, took part in the N-4-T mini-de-expedition to the Dry Tortugas in the Gulf of Mexico. While there, the girls made 1,970 HF contacts and 100 satellite contacts during the 36-hour operation on the island. Her account was published by CQ Magazine, and she got the April 2019 cover with her sister. Faith Hanna has been involved in several special event and contest operations with her family and continues to remain active in promoting the hobby to youth. She completed high school through homeschooling, but before doing so, applied for and was accepted at Daytona State College, where she earned an Associate of Arts degree at 15. Now, at 16, she's enrolled in Stetson University in DeLand, Florida. Right now, I am working on two different bachelor's degrees. One is a bachelor in science for molecular and cellular biology, and another is a bachelor in business administration. Faith Hanna will have no problem contributing to her education. She placed first in Florida's statewide competition and second in the National Veteran of Foreign Wars essay contest, earning a $16,000 scholarship. She said she's exploring two career tracks right now, medicine or the law, or possibly both. As for amateur Radio, Faith Hanna says there's always time for that. I know this sounds weird, but it doesn't really take all of my time to do my school, to have fun, and to do ham radio. It all just fits in perfectly because a lot of times if I'm getting on the radio and it's not a contest, I'll just do it like in the evening when Grayline's there because that's usually when I'm free. And it's a great time to make contact. And if it's a weekend, we might take a radio and go out to a park or something. And get on the air, and then once it starts dying down, we'll just hang out around the park for a couple hours. You can follow Faith Hannah and her family on their hamradio.world YouTube channel, where you'll see her brother, Zechariah, WX4TVJ, and sister Grace, KE3G. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V. Because of a spike in the Delta variant of COVID-19, Amateur Radio Newsline will not be publicly presenting the award at the Huntsville Hamfest this year. Instead, we'll do it virtually, and you'll be able to see it here on our website, arnewsline.org. Follow us for details when you can see it. Well, thanks to Ars Technica, Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, Bellbrook Amateur Radio Club, the BBC, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, IARU Region 2, IEEE Spectrum, the Japan Amateur Radio League, Justin Shaw, W8LPN, QRZ.com, the Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, St. Charles Amateur Radio Club, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, USKA, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website at arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights are reserved.